as always, we start with beatboxing. <laughs> I didn't realize we were recording. I was getting ready for my other podcast. John beatboxes. John beatboxes and no one listens. <laughs> wow, alright. Well, welcome back. This is episode 24. A special, this is the third part of what of was... a two-part. Oh, third part of a two-part episode. So, you know, do the math on that one. But before we jump back into... What? <laughs> Before we jump back into uh, the the fan theory on the Shawshank Redemption, Joe, I have a Florida Man article for you. And you said it's applicable to the Shank. It is. It, <laughs> it is. You know, it like kind of is in the same vein. If you yeah, will. it is. It is because this this man was accused of a crime, mm-hmm. and I technically I don't know. All right. You want to do <laughs> one of my favorite parts of, of Shawshank, which comes go, go you know that I thought of because you said the accused thing mm-hmm. is when they're playing catch with the baseball. Oh he's yeah, like, he's like, what, what are you in for? <laughs> Didn't do it. Lawyer me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even answer the question. Yeah, it's like Just, I didn't do anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so do you want the headline then? Yeah, sure. All right. Man wasn't drinking while driving. Just sipping at stop signs, he told deputies. That feels safe. Right? So in Vero, <laughs> in Vero Beach, Florida, a man told officers that he had been charged twice for drunken driving in Missouri and assured them he, that he was not drinking and driving this time when he was questioned in a McDonald's parking lot. Mm-hmm. And if you're wondering why, was the, why were the police called to a McDonald's parking lot? Because he was drunk. In a McDonald's parking lot because, when he pulled into the parking because, lot. Because, first of all, Earl, mm-hmm. Earl okay. <laughs> is a well-seasoned man. Earl was... Oh, yeah, his Earl's, Earl's done some living. <laughs> uh, he was ramming the, the the back of the car in front of him oh, in the okay. McDonald's drive-thru. Okay. So the, the woman, the driver of the, of the car, calls the police and says, Hey, this knucklehead... Earl. Earl... Earl yeah. the town sipper. <laughs> Probably had a vanity plate. Oh, you know, had a vanity on front. Right. <laughs> on front. On where he doesn't even need it. Yeah, where right. Yeah. So when the deputies asked for his driver's license, of course Earl said he doesn't have one in Florida. Because if you have one in Missouri Why do you need one in Florida? Ipso facto. And you think you think anyone in Florida has a driver's license? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's a fair point. <laughs> So they noticed an open bottle of liquor in a brown paper bag in his passenger seat because you just want to hit all the cliches, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. They asked him uh, how he felt, and he said, pretty good. Well, <laughs> as he gestures to the brown paper bag. <laughs> he further explained that he was, and this is what the affidavit said, he further explained that he was not drinking while the car was moving uh-huh. and only when he stopped for stop signs and traffic signals. That, that feels like a very literal and accurate interpretation of the law. <laughs> Because it says drinking while driving. Also, driving is a verb. <laughs> it's present tense verb. It's present tense verb. Yeah. yeah. And it does say that he told officers <laughs> that he imbibed, quote, actively from uh, his Jim Beam bourbon bottle. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh. I've never... Isn't that the one that tastes like smoke? You, mm-hmm. She tasted smoke like Smoke and tobacco. <laughs> yeah. She tasted like cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's, yeah. It's smoke and tobacco and, and, and I think... I don't know, the bottom of the toilet? Like ashes or something? Yeah, just, it's, it's just not... I mean, there's a lot of people out there that love it, but it's not for me. And they, he participated... Earl participated in two field sobriety tests. His blood alcohol content measured 0.153. That's, is that high? 
That's high. And zero point one four seven. Yeah, the legal. I checked in. Oh, it's like zero. Yeah. The legal. The legal limit in Florida, as in a lot of places in here in Ohio, is zero point zero eight. Zero. Okay, it's two zeros. I can remember. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. He's double down. Yeah, he's almost doubling down. Yeah. Yeah. I was driving on six eighty the other day, and it was like I think it was last weekend. It was like three o'clock in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. and there was two cop cars on the other side of six eighty. I was coming home. There was two cop cars pulled over a car, and they were doing a field sobriety test on someone. It was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It was like, 5 o'clock somewhere, though. I was like, It's not 3 o'clock oh, here. Earl. It's five. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, like, he's like walking in a straight line, touching his nose and stuff. I'm like, what have you been doing all day? Yeah. Like, what? Imbibing at this I point. guess, I guess and so. The, the article does say, and remember, his, his blood alcohol content was 0.153 mm-hmm. and 0.147. A blood alcohol of 0.15, which is just in the average there, is is the equivalent of a half a pint of whiskey circulating through your bloodstream. Holy cow, Earl! (laughs) Me and Jim just circulating. (laughs) (laughs) Me and Beamer. Just Just, women. Just floating around. Just floating around. Oh, man. So, okay, so that relates to this Shawshank because he was accused of a crime he clearly was not guilty of. Right. (laughs) He drank while he was stopped. Yeah, right, right. So drinking and stopping prohibitions. Yeah. All right, so we're going to jump back into we're going to jump back into the the Shawshank Redemption. We're going to try to wrap it up. We we're hoping not to get to parts four, four, <laughs> five, six, or seven. <laughs> we'll see if of our two part series we can end it at three. But uh, to bring everyone <laughs> that's so fantastically bad. <laughs> to bring everyone up to speed, uh, we talked uh, in the last two episodes about. The movie itself, we we discussed, you know, the background of the movie. We discussed uh, who wrote it, where it came from, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. we started to get into um, thinking and talking about Andy. You know, the the fan theory, if you will, is that Andy is a uh, sociopath, and um, every interaction that that happens in the movie is driven by Andy in some way. You know, he's either running the conversation, if you will, mm-hmm. or he's recounting a conversation to someone else. You know, so you're really only getting his side of the story. Right. So, so it doesn't really occur to you that like hey maybe these conversations aren't they didn't go how Andy tells us they're yeah going. and like right. the scene that you know the scenes that they show of any conversations that Andy's not in like for you know what we ended off was uh, the warden and Tommy and, and Captain Hadley mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that would that's Andy telling the tale you right. know Andy thinking and telling the tale of what happened whereas you know if you take this fan theory you know verbatim who knows if that's what actually happened right you know right and that's the danger that we're in yeah so now we have a list of traits that a, a sociopath would have. And now a sociopath doesn't have to have all of these traits. Mm-hmm. And I got these from a number of websites like Healthline.com and, and reputable websites. It's not just me observing the world. <laughs> That's not me just, just taking a quick trip to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the, the, the problem is, and, and oh, man... He has a lot of. He that. really does. He really. <laughs> and so I tried to pull examples, and, and you and, and you did a good job, <laughs> and even quotes of where and and how he exhibits these and how he represents these. So the first one is a glibness and a superficial charm. Uh-huh. And as we've said before, Andy is very well spoken, uh-huh. but he comes off as cold, uncaring, aloof. Uh-huh. He, you know, he's just strange. He wears that. His his prison shirt, his guard like button buttons, yeah. button all the way to the top, yeah. and right. Yeah, he's like setting himself apart. R- yes, right, in in a strange mm-hmm. way. The next one is ma- manipulative and conning, and 
I didn't put an example for this, but this could basically be. Yeah, that's. If you think it, if you take the theory as truth, then it's basically the movie. Yeah. Because he's yeah, been I mean, manipulating you, you, things the whole time. Yeah, and you could argue, you know, and I know you referenced the rooftop scene mm-hmm. down mm-hmm. here, but like you mm-hmm. could argue in there he was manipulating Hadley, you know, to develop a relationship with the guards to make himself look good in front of the other prisoners. Because th- he got them all beer, then he sat there and like didn't even take part of it, and mm-hmm. he just he had like this smug, self satisfied smile on his face where it's like you know dance puppets. Like, yeah, and that's you know. that's exactly it. And it's it's not that he was number one. He was the one who approaches Hadley, and number two at the end, and I I, I wrote it in here somewhere. He doesn't approach Hadley in a normal way. He doesn't say, yeah. "Hey, I I'm a banker. Trust me, I know how you can keep this money." He says. Do you trust your wife? Mm-hmm. Like, what Which a, to a guy like Hadley, you know that's going to push a butt. That's a you know? bass-ackwards way of yeah. asking that question, you know, yeah. of getting to your point. Yeah. And I think it's, well, according to the theory, it's, okay. Need, need for stimulation, it says. So, yeah. uh, the next one here, a grandiose sense of self. And like you already mentioned, the smirk on the roof when he, after he's getting, you know, beers for his peers. How about that? That's pretty good. <laughs> I was thinking he got bros for his bro. No, yeah, bros for his Bruce. who's? No, that doesn't. That doesn't. That doesn't follow. Buds for his butt. No, no. Spuds for no. <laughs> so his his facial expression when he turns up the music in the oh, warden's yeah. office. Oh, that's a great example. When they like, and he's just like it's like slowly middle finger and you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah you know, it's, but he yeah. looks so happy about it yeah and it's and he actually like goes like he's gonna turn it off because yeah. that's what they're telling him they're knocking yeah, on the yeah, glass yeah. there's a couple guards out there yeah. hey turn it Am off or else. Friend, yeah and he's like hmm, okay turn it off. yeah yeah <laughs> okay double we're, middle fingers we're going up to 11 so he uses a poster of a famous actress to cover his escape tunnel mm-hmm. okay and he he knows that the warden because if you remember the first rule of Shawshank is don't take don't the talk Lord's... about Shawshank is <laughs> <laughs> don't take the Lord's name in vain right uh-huh. it's it's blasphemy and that's what the warden won't take so he doesn't put up a he puts up a poster almost daring the warden to look because yeah. it's a poster of a at, for the time a scantily yeah, clad sure. actress and the warden wouldn't like that normally mm-hmm. so but he yeah. uses that to cover up his mm-hmm. his escape patch next one up is pathological lying and there's really all you got to say is Randall Stevens. Yeah. Yeah. I conjured him out of thin air. You know, he's, he's, what's he, Roger Rabbit and stuff? Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Harvey yeah. the Rabbit. Harvey the Rabbit, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, I think even the word conjured is, mm-hmm. it's more meaningful than just, you know, oh, I, I have this alternate persona. Yeah. Right. So next one, lack of remorse, shame, or guilt. And we said in the first of our two-part episodes, we said that the judge called him an icy and mm-hmm. remorseless man. And Healthline.com lists, quote, being cold and not showing emotions as a trait of a sociopath. And that's perfect. That's that's perfect. Unfortunately. And, he, and, like, and like you said, when he walks around the yard with the, when he's buttoned up, like he's he's not even, he's not trying to relate to or, or involve himself with anyone. He's at, purposefully keeping himself separate, you know, purposefully not getting involved. And it just, he just looks like he just doesn't care. He's purposely acting like he's not even there. Yeah, there you go. That's even better. Yeah, he just doesn't, he does not care about anyone around him. No, and so the next one then. The, Until he needs something, you know. The the next two that are kind of related. Shallow emotions and incapacity for love. So he doesn't, like you said, he doesn't seek companionship. He no. doesn't seek friendship. He doesn't seek conversation. He only reaches out to Red because he needs something. Yeah, he wants a rock hammer. Right. <laughs> he wants a rock hammer. And so the friendship 
is just a byproduct yeah. of needing something. Yeah, and then he probably realized, oh, I could use this guy. Manip- going back to manipulative and, you know. Right, right. I'm playing chess. They're playing yeah. checkers. Yeah. You know, I can me- get, you know, mentally speaking. Yeah. And then the incapacity for love, he has a failed marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's, he even admits that it's because of himself in a conversation yeah. with Red. Yep. That he, he, what did he say? Like he didn't love her like he should have yeah. or something yeah, like absolutely. that. So there you go. So you already mentioned this need for stimulation. Mm-hmm. And and examples are verbal outbursts, gambling, promiscuity. So he has um, he asks for the first the night that he he comes to Shawshank. Another prisoner comes to Shawshank. A lot of prisoners come to Shawshank, and one of them gets in trouble um, because he starts crying and, oh. and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Funny. <laughs> Better not hear a mouse fart in here. Yeah. <laughs> or so help me God. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the next morning then. He asks. He hasn't said, spoken a word to anyone. Yeah. He's oh, they're been, at breakfast, right? They're at breakfast, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, he yeah. asks what that guy's name was. Yeah. And to me, given the environment, this was a risky thing to do because nobody else was doing that. Yeah, Everyone no one, was kind of joking, passing around cigarettes, things like that. Yeah. No one. No one, frankly, cared what his name was. And mm-hmm. Randy. Or Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Newman. Maybe. <laughs> Takes a bite of the apple. Um. No, Andy was like, you know, again, he sticks out like a sore thumb, you know, wherever he is. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then, again, we mentioned this before, the the roof conversation. Yeah. Do you trust your Yeah, wife? why not start that off with, hey, I might be able to help you. Right. You hey, know? you can keep that money if you want. Yeah. No, do you trust, like, that's, especially to, yeah. Okay. So, next one up, a callousness or a lack of empathy and uh, readily taking advantage of others' feelings. And this, again, if you believe in the theory... Then Andy took advantage of Tommy's feelings. Mm-hmm. So if you don't believe in the theory, then that one kind of doesn't really fit too well. Yeah. Next one, though, and this is a big one. We're almost at the end. Poor behavior controls, impulsive nature, uh, things like that. So Red's description of Andy walking, and he says, I could see why some of the boys took him for snobby. Mm-hmm. He has a quiet way about him, a walk and a talk that wasn't normal around here. He strolled like a man in a park without a care or worry. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. It is weird, and like the more, the, like I said in the last two episodes, like the more we're talking about this, the more it makes perfect sense, and it's just destroying this movie <laughs> for me. But it's like, you know, like when you think about it, like why, why was he like that? Like why was he so aloof, and and yeah. why was he so distant and stuff? It's like, yeah. I mean, I understand that's not where he wanted to be. I understand, sure. you know, this is the opposite of where I thought my life was going to go. That kind cool. of thing. Yeah, but it's of like. Course. It's just weird. <laughs> I don't just, know. I don't know. I, won't, I feel like after we're done with, you know, part three of our two part uh, episode, <laughs> I feel like I just want to l- remove this file from our drive and, yeah. you know, file 404, not file. Not found, yeah. So I don't even have to think about it. Just yeah. pull it out of the Rolodex. Yeah. This next one here, early behavior or problems like juvenile delinquency. Obviously, we have no information Yeah, I don't about think that. they referenced his... I don't think they talked about that at all. So uh, we have just a couple left. Irresponsibility or unreliability. Um, oblivious to the devastation they cause others. He doesn't, you know, the devastation he causes to Warden Norton, mm-hmm. to Captain Hadley for mm-hmm. Tommy's death. Absolutely. Elmo Blatch. Again, if you believe the theory, if then, you believe that it then happened, he's yeah. setting up Elmo Blatch. Then he's doing these other things. Yeah. Right. So lack of realistic life plans, uh, like embezzling money. <laughs> you know, that's, you know, that's yeah. not necessarily, Parasit- not always a sustainable. Well, the other thing it says here is parasitic lifestyle. You know, yeah. you're living off of the marrow of someone else, basically. Right. You know Ooh, what I mean? Marrow. <laughs> and um, yeah, you could you could definitely argue that that he he absolutely did that. You know, he he made his entire post 
Shawshank life out of taking advantage of yeah of, being, being yeah. a parasite Ugh. right and so you want to yeah, because like what if I'm sorry go ahead no I was gonna say you want to say the warden was up to these schemes and Andy just happened to be in the right place at the right time with the right knowledge and right skills yeah and so he and that's just, how the movie paints it right and he just siphoned off a little bit little bit and, little and bit. it makes you feel like he's doing that because he like he deserves it right because or like Robin Hooding or something yeah like or that's yeah. a better example yeah, yeah he's like you know this guy doesn't deserve the money he's coming about it in a bad way so I'll just take it from him and keep it for myself. You yeah, know? and that's like, the just... thing. And unlike Robin Hood, he really, he doesn't give it to any... No. You know, he just... He keeps it. Because he wants to... They want the Neho. Oh, who? I mean, who wouldn't? That's fair. Especially <laughs> with Morgan Freeman. Oh, gosh. Could you imagine? And so the Can last... You imagine him walking down the beach for like... Mm. That's all I need. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get to that in just a second. The and the last one, and we don't have to get into this again because we've already mentioned it. A criminal or an entrepreneurial versatility. Sure. And so the Makes whole perfect sense. Steve, the and whole and think Steve about again. again, you know, combining that the criminal aspect of it, combining the um, where, where which one was it up here? Like the when you talked about the look on his face when he turned up the volume and that kind of stuff. Oh, the lack of remorse. Yeah. And so the when he, so sense of remember self. the scene. They showed of him walking in and out of the couple banks. They showed, and how he looked. Oh yeah, you know, like the look I, on his like he oh, was yeah. so self satisfied, so smug. So smug is a better word for yeah. It. yeah he, was he was so just, like I got everyone. Yeah, like yeah. I got you sitting across the desk from me. You don't even know. You don't. You yeah, know, like so much so that here, do you want to add this to your outgoing mail? Yeah, and they're like, oh, like, they'd love to help. Oh, I'd love yeah. to help you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. we're well, sorry to lose your business. Yeah. Are yeah. you though? No, you know. So at then, least I didn't kill you. These, <laughs> these two, these two comments are like what kind of stick me the most. Kate Jackson. Then, so like one of the biggest cathartic, most iconic scenes is when he is he's climbed through the tube at poop the end. tunnel. The, <laughs> the poop chute. Nearly a quarter mile. <laughs> <laughs> like he climbs through and he's standing in like that river, that creek, yeah. and it's raining. raining. Oh, and so, he, such he a takes, beautiful shot. He takes his shirt off. Oh, it's like the cameras from above. Yeah. It's wonderful. And so Kate Jackson, the original author of the blog, says she encourages people to, quote, now watch that scene where he crawls out of the sewer, stretches his hands in the air, but picture in his head that he's laughing maniacally because he's gotten away with it. Because he duped everybody. And on top of that, this one, I just got a couple goosebumps. This one's, <laughs> this one's even worse. The Reddit commenter, again, and this is mm-hmm. who Kate Jackson uh, based her blog on, suggested that the end of the movie, mm-hmm. you remember like the final oh, for scene, sure. the yeah, final scene has... Has Red walking along the beach and, and he looks Andy's so happy on that bus, right? And Andy's oh, as only a free man can. Oh, <laughs> and so Andy, oh, Andy <laughs> and so Andy's like sanding down that boat because uh-huh. that's he said he one of his dreams was to have this little hotel with a yep, touring yep, yep. right a boat he could take his guests out fishing. So the Reddit commenter suggests that the end of the movie where Red is meeting Andy on the beach is all set up. Did you read this part? Mm-hmm. Is all set up so that Andy could tie up yeah. the only loose end. And, and Sorry, go ahead. Because the Pacific... Has no memories. Has no memories. But, and think about it. Okay, so... <laughs> so remember the conversation that Andy and Red are having when they're, like, sitting with their backs against the wall and Red is starting to get concerned Andy's going to off himself, basically. Right, right, right. And Andy's telling him about the main hayfield and there's mm-hmm. a rock... The Buxton. tree and the rock... Yeah, the tree and the rock and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize till till Red actually goes there, like... That did not exist when Andy talked about it. I know. But he was talking about it like it was already there. Like, in reference, you know, it was like there was already something there. Right. But in his mind, he knew Here, he was going to plant this little seed mm-hmm. in this guy. And then he's eventually, he's going to figure out how to get to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's nuts. Because, I mean, you got to give Red a lot of credit. He, he 
he tracked all that stuff down. He found sure. exactly where he was going. He sure. figured out where Andy went based upon a blank postcard. Right. You know, like, right. and Andy was just... But it was just, it's just, and that's the thing is, is you said like Red figured it out. Andy gives you just, just enough, enough information yeah. where you have to figure it out. And so as from Red's perspective, he might like, oh, like I'm figuring this yeah. out kind of thing. It's not just Andy saying, this is going to be my address. Yeah. I'll be here on these yeah. days. It's, it's a lot more subtle than that. And so Red takes more ownership of it and doesn't even realize that he's being manipulated. That's the thing. Andy does it so subtly. You don't even know that he's in control. So maybe he's so good at it. maybe tying up the loop. Maybe he's going to kill Red at the end. Oh, I would, I would think that, or just continue to screw with him. Just you know? mess with it. Just, just yeah. Oh gosh, this is terrible. Yeah. So it's should we talk about? Should we talk about? I know. So should we talk about why we like the movie then? Well, before <laughs> the last the last ninety minutes of podcasting or eighty minutes of podcasting, I loved the movie because you know the, of what it represented. Of friendship, I love you know mm-hmm. that that was my biggest takeaway of it was I thought Andy and Red's friendship was just beautiful, you know and it was beautifully portrayed. Two guys that could not be more different in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, background, race, upbringing. Red is a, a Red says I'm the only guilty man in Shawshank. You know he right. he he, honestly, he legitimately killed somebody. Right. You know, like, yeah. So he's he's, he's a legitimate criminal. Then you have on the other side you have this. You know, this guy that seems to be on the outside, an upstanding citizen, mm-hmm. you know, his life's going in the right direction, and he's allegedly innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have these two guys that, that could not be more different, could not be more different. But because of the situation that they were in, you know, it fostered this this beautiful friendship right. that makes you realize that, you know, all the other crap that all these that people worry about, including myself, you know, what's it really worth? You know, right. what, what's it really worth when it comes to just human relations? You and, know? And, and two people who, without... Shawshank would more than likely probably never have met. Yeah, it right. Is, and, yeah. But, they, but they did meet, and they did become friends, and so it makes you kind of wonder, like, what what are we like? What are we arguing about? Like, yeah. how, like, are we that different? Yeah. From, you know, from anybody, somebody, right? You, you know? know, yeah. Like, I mean, in in a, in another life, if if neither one of them were in Shawshank. You know, there's a there's a decent chance their only interaction is Red fixing Andy's car one day. Right. You know that kind of right. that type of interaction while Andy's driving up to his massive house in the hill and right. and Red's you know probably you know it's just but just yeah it just makes you wonder how many people you've interacted with in your life that you know not saying that you know you blow them off or something like that but like how many people you've interacted with that could potentially become a huge part of your life that you don't even know right or you people know? that you you see somewhere and you maybe just have a thought that like. They are really different from me, or something yeah, like or that. Like, or like really a judgy kind of them. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And and you realize that like, w- like two twists of fate. Exactly. And we could be best friends. Yeah. And that. So that to me, that was. I mean, the movie's like funny. It has a nice sense of humor and stuff in some parts. It's it's realistic. You know, it, it gives you the drama with, you know, w- with everything that Andy had to go through and stuff. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, the the beauty of their friendship is what what drove the whole movie for me. I'm gonna add one more piece to that. What what I loved so much about. The movie is just the constant, especially Andy, constantly talking about the importance of hope. Yep, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. And just how, you know, hope is a good thing, maybe one of the best things. Yep. And, oh, oh, I just got goosebumps. And how, <laughs> and, how, and how holding on to that, even in dire, dire circumstances, is sometimes all you can do to get through said mm-hmm. dire circumstances. Yeah, and, he, and yeah, like when he was in, you know, after the... the the Victrola incident when he was in the box, you know, there, they asked him how he survived and he's, and that was his answer. Hope I had the music in my head mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and you know, 
he's just strong. He was he came, comes across as just a strong-willed person, you know. What it, not to go back to the theory, but like it was in his head. What else was in his <laughs> seas of red? <laughs> oh. Yeah. All right, where are we uh, where are we sitting on time here? We got twenty four, twenty four. Right. Oh, all we right. did good. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So we're gonna wrap it up here then. Today is National Sour Candy Day. I know. Honestly, this <laughs> what, what was underneath your Sour Patch Kid tree when this, you came downstairs? Oh this my gosh, this honestly feels like <laughs> my birthday. <laughs> like it's my it's it's my birthday and Christmas and so many wonderful things yeah. rolled into you know yeah. maybe this is the universe rewarding us for going through all this emotional turmoil with the yeah. movie that we liked. They're like, here you go. There you go. National Sour Candy. Yeah, yeah. Because you would, you would Scrooge McDuck in Sour Patch Watermelons if you could. Would or have? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> have and would again. Have and will this afternoon. <laughs> so please, uh, let us know what you think about this theory. Email yeah, us. Yeah, be nice to hear something. Tweet at us, and uh, we'll do our best to... To include in a future episode. Speaking of future episodes, we have our own personal Zaner <laughs> coming in. in <laughs> if you he don't, is such a Zaner. If you don't know what that is, what is it? Episode 14? I don't know what uh, it is. Yeah. Whatever episode it is, it's called I'm a Zaner. Yeah. Our friend Chris we're, is going to be here. We're going to talk about some movies. We're going to talk about some music. We're just so, going to let him talk about whatever he wants. So, <laughs> so, so come back for that. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah.